This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to IGN Summer of Gaming 2021. I'm your host, Ryan McCaffrey. Apparently, one awesome Xbox showcase this week was just not enough for Microsoft and, and for us either, quite frankly. Hey, since we've got an extra special bonus look at some upcoming games here, we figured it called for an extra bonus episode of Unlock. Joining me to discuss everything, I think he'll be in momentarily Destin Legary from the normal Unlocked cast, but I want to say hi to uh, to a friend of Unlocked who was the star, quite literally the star in every conceivable definition of that last showcase you just watched. And that would be our friend Paris Lilly from Gamertag Radio. Paris, how are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on here, Ryan. And uh, yeah, that was surreal to be able to sit back and, and watch the Xbox Game Showcase extended, knowing what was coming, but not knowing how it was all put together. and. Uh, the feedback I've seen so far, it's been amazing. Well, uh, I like, I know we have games to talk about, but we just have to hold on. First of all, I just want to genuinely congratulate you. Like I felt so much just pride, not pride, but just, just joy for you of just watching you do that. I mean, that's not something that I don't know if Microsoft's ever done that where they've, they've invited someone from the community to actually host an entire showcase like that. And you did a phenomenal job and it was just, it was so great watching you up there. I, I, how did it feel watching it back with your family? I mean, it felt great. Like I'm clearly going to be my, my my worst critic. So when I walked out, I was like, oh no. But you know, my wife and my kids, they're like, no, no, this is great. And then I start seeing all the feedback coming in. But I do want to say before we continue, I have to thank you, Ryan, and just everyone at IGN. And just, just because it was a little over a year ago, Last minute, you reached out because you needed someone to fill in on Unlocked. And I remember I was working at the time and a meeting canceled because I almost said no. And the meeting canceled. So, yeah, I would love to come on. And that conversation you and I had back then obviously led to me doing more things with IGN. I went up joining Kind of Funny and, you know, obviously the stuff I've done with Gamertag Radio over the years. But it's just been this roller coaster that led to the moment that I just had today. And you're a big part of that. And I just I just want to sincerely tell you thank you. But um, overall, being just doing the show, the entire process, want to thank everyone at Xbox. It was just such a great opportunity to be able to do something like that. But ultimately, I had fun. And I, and I, and I hope that that showed, uh, you know, to everyone that was able to watch it, that I was just having fun with it. And uh, it was it was a great opportunity. Just very thankful. Well, you're you're very kind to, to say what you said about about me and about IGN, but you've been doing the work for years on Gamertag Radio, so I'm just happy to you know help uh, help put up the the megaphone uh, on uh, to be to be a a Paris fan. But Destin, welcome in. Hey, there you sometimes, are. Sometimes you click the close on the wrong <laughs> you tab. click the wrong button and bad <laughs> things happen. But yeah. Um, all right, I want to actually want to start for for a selfish reason and also for a uh, for a legit audience service reason here with the design lab the return of the design lab uh this was first of all this was the 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 moment of this entire thing because paris you pulled off and i realized i now by default i didn't i didn't know this was coming i by default have the exclusive first interview with you after you <laughs> you performed and successfully completed one of the most epic 
friend friendly trolls I've ever seen in my life. Uh, now, for those that aren't aware, Khalif Adams, who runs the an absolutely essential Spawn on Me podcast, absolutely. which uh, which I mean, he's been on here. Unlock fans know who he is, but everybody should be watching and subscribing to Spawn on Me. You and Khalif are friends, Paris. You go back a ways and. Uh, but you two have just had this for this friendly thing about about cooking and, and yeah, which one yeah. of you has crappier cooking skills going on just on Twitter back and forth for years. But I think you've dropped the mic and it's over <laughs> now. I, if we have that footage, can, I would love for us to play that footage right now, because this the entire community watching along, all, everybody just cracked up. I, did, did you? Did they pitch you on that? Did you pitch no. them on that? How'd you get them to say yes? Like, I just, I want to know everything about this. So, so a little inside baseball and and, and here's the controller. I, I don't know how <laughs> oh, in wow. focus that's yeah. going to happen. Autofocus. So, so can yeah. See it. yeah. Very clearly. So, so the way this all went down was I knew I was doing the show and I, I knew Design Lab Design Lab was going to happen. They wanted me to customize my own controller so that we could talk about it, you know, when I was on stage. So I like just in the moment, I go, you know what would be funny would be to put Ka Can't Cook on it. And I, I did that. And the people I was talking to at Xbox, they're like, oh my God, that's brilliant. You should totally mix that into the show. So <laughs> would you see me do that? That is, that isn't scripted. It wasn't written down. I just did it on the fly, like right then and there. there were, we had two different takes of it, but that was, that was the second take that I did. And uh, yeah, I had no idea how it was going to come out on camera, but it, it was hilarious. And, and I love Khalif and it's just a friendly thing that him and I have been doing here, you know, the past couple of years, just going through the pandemic. And uh, yeah, I, I was able to actually troll him on an Xbox stage <laughs> with that. So it was just just good fun. And I, I'm glad the community had a good time with it. Uh, it was that was phenomenal. And and really, uh, the, you talk about the design lab itself. James Shields, who's uh, on on the Xbox team, tweeted out uh, right after that segment. He put up a picture of one he had made, which is a uh, he had a a throwback to the 360 controller done because, you know, there it said. So there are 18 different colors for right. each piece, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So, you know, here this is an actual like crusty, disgusting old Xbox 360 controller. Um, so I had I couldn't resist. During the broadcast, I followed James's lead and ordered it. Uh, and uh, I cannot wait, because there's just something that strikes a happy nostalgic nerve with that. So uh, if you're curious, you can either, I guess my feed, DMC underscore Ryan, because I had retweeted James with basically the recipe, and then I posted, posted my receipt as well that has the recipe on there. But but uh, yeah, Design Labs, good stuff. Destin, are, are you tempted to do any uh, any custom controlling? I am after seeing James's uh, you know mock up really quick because I absolutely love that. Uh, and Paris, you know when when you you showed off the controller, I just thought burned, which is what Khalif <laughs> must say about his cooking quite often. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. Oh man, is uh. <laughs> Destin, oh, they're going to hold on me for my point. lame joke. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank, thank you, producers <laughs> in the back end. Oh my goodness, but but all right. So move it. it is great to see. In all seriousness, it's I love that the design lab is back now after it's yeah, been same. retooled for for the Series X. Um, so that is that that should enable just a generation of of fun controller stuff. Although uh, you know, Paris, I could tell I could I got one little one little uh, breaking of the 
of the sort of fourth wall, I guess. Not the fourth wall, but sort of peek behind the curtain that you said world champion Lakers uh, uh, during the broadcast. So I know you taped that before my Phoenix Suns wiped your guys out in the playoffs. I, in the first I, was, round. I thought of you, to be honest. <laughs> and it was so funny. At the time, we were up 2-1. And I was even nervous saying, I was like, you know what? We're the world champs, regardless of who we're going to lose. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Anyway, well, you, you know what? Technically, you guys are still the champs until a new yep. champion is crowned here in, in a month or so. But anyway, let's talk games because there are plenty. So uh, to give you a quick update, we're here for uh, about 55 more minutes. We are doing a full episode of Unlocked. We're obviously doing it live. We appreciate everybody watching. We did have a 30-minute live post-show after the showcase on Sunday but we just couldn't get to nearly everything. So I, I politely begged all of our producers and production team, we need more Unlock this week. And they they uh, kindly uh, acquiesced to that request. So I want to start in this block up front here. Uh, we're going to talk about everything we just saw in this extended showcase that Paris hosted. And then for the rest of the show, we'll go, we'll kind of deep dive back into Sunday's showcase, which I trust everybody watching or listening to this has already seen. So, uh, Destin, I know you've been really keen on Hellblade 2. I mean, since it was unveiled, it was it was the first, officially the first Xbox Series X game ever announced back alongside the console at the Game Awards 2019. And uh, we've, we were hoping to get another look at it at the showcase. It didn't happen, but we saw it here. So, Destin, what were your takeaways? Yeah, well... To give you a little bit of context, both Ninja 30 and Melina Jurgens have been showing some behind the scenes stuff of uh, Hellblade 2 in development. It's really, really fascinating to see. So uh, Jurgens has been like doing uh, training and uh, combat training, as has the whole uh, animation team. So they've all sort of gone through this combat class and we get to see a little bit of that in action in the trailer here. But I would have liked to see more gameplay. I watched the the footage again. Uh, it's only at 1080p right now at half speed. And I'm really, really intrigued by what they're doing here. It's interesting to see very quick snippets of how they've been developing this world. I'm really, really excited about Hellblade 2. Hellblade 1, uh, I finally played through. I recommend everybody plays through the original using a guide. I really, really adored it. Um, but I hope they fix some of the gameplay mechanics. As for what we saw today, it's really interesting to see here that they're going to be, you know, scanning in actual costumes that they've designed. They've gone on location and, you know, taken all this visual data that they're going to be implementing. And I have to imagine that, you know, after seeing what the Forza team was able to do, I think we're going to be in for a treat. I would have liked to see a little bit more or hear more about some of their other projects. Like they have uh, Project Mara, which is still in the works, which is a, a project that they're dealing, they're trying to sort of convey psychosis in the most realistic way possible in one location. And then there's also the sort of uh, the Insight Project, which is sort of helping people tackle mental health issues. So I'm really, really glad that we got to see more dev stuff about Hellblade 2. This is kind of what I expected. I think they're going to show more later on when they're ready, but this seems really far out based on what we've seen. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Paris, I wanted to get your take because yeah, that was that was the thing that caught my ear as well is it sounded like they said they're not even in full production yet. We know it's Unreal Engine 5. Unreal Engine 5 still kind of spinning up from Epic, but it sounds like it's going to be a while. But nevertheless, Paris, your thoughts on Hellblade 2? Yeah, I mean, just to touch on, on on what you just mentioned, yeah, this definitely seems like it's still far off. Um, I, I was a more recent 
player of of the first Hellblade. Like it was after the they revealed the Series X was what caught my attention was that initial Hellblade two trailer. Like, oh, I need to go play the first one. So I really enjoyed it. And everything that we're seeing here and the, the little sneak peek that we got, I mean, it, it looks like kind of to go to the, the thing that you're talking about, Destin. I do think they'll address some of the gameplay issues because I know exactly what you mean about not having a guide. But this looks like it's going to take that experience to the next level and continue that story from where we were. So I'm excited for it, but I'm not holding my breath anytime soon, you know, to, to see that game. It sounds like between COVID and going to Unreal 5, um, it's going to be a while before we get it. Yeah, I think on, on, on unlocked over the past year or so since that announcement, year and a half now, I guess. I think we were we were sort of optimistically hoping that that would be a game we'd see early-ish in the Series yeah. X generation because it was the first one announced. Right. But hey, you can't rush greatness and let them take their time. As we saw at the regular showcase, which we're going to talk about in depth in a second. There's there's plenty of games to keep us busy from now until whenever Hellblade Two does end up shipping. But uh, we've got plenty more to discuss about the Xbox Showcase from Sunday and what you just just saw today. But first, IGN Summer of Gaming is presented by T The Tomorrow War, which is starring, of course, Chris Pratt, and it's out exclusively on Prime Video on July 2nd. J.K. Simmons, also in that one, who I loved in Invincible and many other things. And now, so get uh, get comfortable. The time has come for us to take a short break. We'll take a look at the latest trailer from Tomorrow War. Enjoy. Welcome back to Unlocked right here on IGN's Summer of Gaming, which, as the name suggests, extends beyond just E3. Obviously, because E3 is over now, but we're not. Uh, you can find our virtual events coverage all summer long on IGN.com, on YouTube, on social media, and now even the IGN portal app on your smart TV. And if you didn't get enough gaming coverage over the past week, check out E3's official online portal and app featuring virtual booths, articles, videos, and tons more. All right, let's pick up where we left off here. Harris, I want to go to you on Psychonauts 2. Uh, I feel like we, I mean, I always love hearing from Tim Schafer. I feel like this is a game that's going to catch a lot of the Xbox community off guard in a good way because the the first one is this, it's a cult classic. It's only old guys like me that have played it and <laughs> right. remember. I think everybody's going to be really pleasantly surprised by this game. 100% agree with you, and I think it was very smart of them to get the original out there into people's hands ahead of time. So hopefully they'll pick it up and they'll discover, you know, just just the genius that is Double Fine and Tim Schafer. Yeah, I, I think everything that I've seen so far with Psychonauts 2 just looks fantastic. It, it really does. And I can't wait until August when it comes out because this at like I've been screaming that Xbox needs a platformer. They need a platformer that everyone can play. This is to, in my opinion, probably about as close as they're going to get anytime soon to having that, because I just think the humor that Double Fine has and this world of Psychonauts, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And if anything, I, you're probably going to get people that are going to jump in and play Psychonauts 2, and then they're going to go back and go, oh my God, I need to go play the first one because this one was so great. So I'm, I'm actually just excited for people that are finally going to enter this world and, and, and understand the greatness that is Psychonauts. Yeah, Destin, it's sort of a weird full circle moment coming up for Psychonauts because Microsoft was the original publisher of the original Psychonauts, but then they dropped the game and Majesco ended up publishing it on an original Xbox. And now it's coming back full circle with Microsoft acquiring Double Fine and publishing and, you know, helping fund Psychonauts 2 and bring it to the finish line. Uh, how's your how's your hype level for this one? 
Yeah, I mean, I still haven't played the original. It's on Game Pass now, so I have yeah. no excuse, really. But, um, you know, I agree with your assessment. I do think it's going to catch a lot of people off guard. And from what I've seen with it, like, it's super inventive. I really love how they talked about, you know, how each level's a brain and how that you make connections this time. And, and then they're trying to get the gambling connection, basically, for this one character. And I'm really interested to see how that ends up unfolding. Anytime you're dealing with, you know, the brain, you can do some really, really interesting stuff. And Double Fine is just one of those companies that I, I can't wait to see what they do. I was actually just replaying through Brutal Legend, one of my favorites, uh, yeah. like last week. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah another Tim Schafer joint. Uh, all right, before we kind of go back and rewind to Sunday's showcase, one of the other extended looks we got here with Paris on, on the Xbox uh, event we just watched is Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, a game that Paris, I, I genuinely, like, I don't know how they're doing it. I, I mean, the, the I don't Series either. X is powerful, <laughs> yeah. but like they, they specifically said, hey, this is a gameplay trailer captured off of the Series X. Uh, I know you've spent some time with it. What is, like, how, for people that don't know, like, what are they in for with this thing? I mean, I think they're in, well, first of all, they're going to be in for a visual treat. For th that, that's the main thing with Flight Simulator. And it's literally in the name. It, it's a flight simulator of all these different types of, of aircraft that you can go as hardcore as you want or you can go as casual as you want as well. It's all about just giving you this experience. And then the fact that they basically cloned all of planet Earth and you can go anywhere. You can get in a plane and fly anywhere around the world. I even said it during the show, something that I'd like to do a lot is I will take off from LAX and I'll, and I'll go all the way to Paris, right? So just yeah. going across the entire United States, going across the top through Canada, Iceland, down into Europe to France, it's, it's amazing. You can go down to South America, you can go to Africa, you can go to Australia, there's all these different things you can do. But the thing that you alluded to at the top, and I even said during the show is, how are they reproducing this thing on the X and the S? Because I have a high-end gaming PC. I even said a 3080 on the show. I have a 3080 Ti now. And yeah, you're, you're still going to struggle a little bit if you try and play this thing at ultra at, at maxed out settings. So the fact that they're able, able to get these type of visuals on the Series X and the S, I think people are going to be very happy with it. And like I said, you don't have to play it as a hardcore sim unless you choose to. You can play this casually with a controller and just have fun exploring the world. And I, and I think that's the beauty of Flight Simulator. Now, Destin, there was kind of a hidden note on the Xbox Wire blog after the Sunday showcase that ties right into Flight Simulator specifically. Uh, they said this on Xbox Wire. I feel like this is a bigger deal that our audience needs to know about. They said, some games launching next year from our first party studios and partners, such as Starfield, Redfall, and Stalker 2, require the speed, performance, and technology of the Xbox Series X and S. We're excited to see developers realize their visions in ways that only next-gen hardware will allow them to do. For the millions of people who play on Xbox One consoles today, we are looking forward to sharing more about how we will bring many of these next-gen games, such as Microsoft Flight Simulator, to your console through Xbox Cloud Gaming, just like we do with mobile devices, tablets, and browsers. Destin, this seems like a really intelligent way to help bridge the gap between the one and, and the series, particularly as consoles continue to be impossible to find. Yeah, it's actually incredibly smart. And everybody's been sort of talking about their reaction to this. This is how they bridge the gap for older console owners, right? And 
it's just really, really great because it means nobody really gets left behind. And that was sort of a philosophy that Phil Spencer talked about pretty early on with the console, the series of consoles. And also all of those streaming devices are being upgraded to Series X consoles. So when they activate the, the browser ability on your console to play all these games, people are going to be able to play Flight Simulator looking its best. They're going to be able to play Halo looking its best. And I think the biggest concern is going to be uh, latency. I'm actually, yeah. I, I've been playing a little bit in the, in the cloud and it's, it's much improved from when we played it at E3, like way back when it was announced. So right. um, I've been really, really impressed and it works especially well for games that are like RPG games. One of the games that I use as a great example are, is Octopath Traveler. Anything that's sort of like, turn-based or yeah. doesn't require precise pinpoint accuracy is going to look really, really good using this option. I think Flight Simulator could land in that camp because, you know, Flight Simulator, it's largely when you play with the controller pairs, you're just holding the right trigger down when you're once you're in the yep. sky. But if you want to play full simulation, uh, you're probably going to want to upgrade your console. <laughs> Now, guys, we've got a little under five minutes in this segment before we get another quick break, but we'll keep going. Uh, in that time, I want to have this quick discussion in about four minutes. Was this Microsoft's best E3 ever? Because I think it was. Paris, where does it rank for you? You know, it, it's funny because you and I talked about this a little bit offline a couple of days ago, and I wasn't 100% sure, and I put some more thought into it and kind of done a look back. I kind of think it is and not for the glitz and the glamour. I think it shows that Xbox is in a mature place right now where they're confident about the content that they have. They have the services. They have the infrastructure in place. They have the heart. They have everything. If you're a gamer that you need across multiple platforms or utilizing the cloud, we see the roadmap of games that are coming and even the ones that they didn't even talk about in that briefing also got me excited as well. So I, I I do, I genuinely do think this was probably their best E3 in the 20 years of Xbox because it shows just how far they've come, especially since, you know, the start of the Xbox One era to where they are today. Destin, are you with us on this one or you got another, another year in mind that stands out a little more? Well, I want to give them props for separating the developer interviews, especially. I really, really like this. It sort of sets expectations that they're going to do this in the future. And I really enjoy hearing from developers and hearing about the design aspects of a game. I don't think that's what they should do during E3. So that original conference and what they did there where it's like games coming to Game Pass exclusive, that is perfect. So the, the short answer to your question is, yeah, I think this is one of their best E3s. Probably the best, Ryan. I think it's their best E3 in a long time. And honestly, I think it's my personal opinion. Some people are going to say Forza stole the show. I think Halo stole the show because the question was going in, oh, yes. is Halo going to be good? Is it not? Yeah. They showed off the engine using the campaign. They showed off the storytelling of Halo Infinite. And they showed off what's looking to be a phenomenal free-to-play multiplayer experience. So I think that quieted a lot of those cries of foul towards Halo Infinite because it is looking... Awesome. Yeah, I, if, I, if I could pivot on that really Please. quick to agree with you, Destin, because I'd been saying leading up to this, I go, June is a reckoning for Halo. Yeah. It, it, it needs to show well after what happened last year. And I think both on the campaign side, they showed that what the story is going to be. There's Cortana, there's Chief. That's what we want to see story-wise. But then that multiplayer, it's just fun. And I was one of the people going, ah, I don't know. I think they need to do a new mode. They're not. They're sticking to doing what they do best. And it showed very well 
uh, both Sunday and then and then again today. And then obviously what they had during the Monday reveal. So I'm genuinely excited about Halo coming into this holiday. And I think a lot of other people are as well. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. the one curious element of that, though, was the lack of a release date. Uh, when we saw yeah. a lot of the other fall dates come in. Heck, we got a Starfield release date and it's November 2022. So that I found a little strange. I, I'm not worried about it. My guess is they have a date in mind, but they're not, they're they're kind of waiting to see if they're going to need to, you know, push a little bit farther for a little polish. So that would sort of indicate to me again, and I'm I'm clearly just talking uh, just guessing. thinking aloud here. Yeah. My guess is maybe it's October and that's what they're targeting. And they're, they're kind of waiting to see when a milestone comes up and go, all right, well, do we need that one last push and, and to push this thing to November? So that was the only sort of strange element of it for me. But, um, but otherwise I agree with you can both completely. I mean, we got that sense of, first of all, uh, Steve Downs, I, I really hope he has a lot of dialogue in this game because He's incredible. I, I could listen to that man read the phone book as Master Chief. He's just brilliant in the role. Uh, I love it. And and um, the other the other thing, the other reason I think this was their best show ever, is because I think it finally finally put an end to the drought. Like we've been. Let's be honest. Xbox, as far as exclusives, has been in a drought for years. I mean, it's been every year we're, we're waiting and waiting and waiting and. They buy studios and, well, you know, those studios need years to make games. That's how making games work. But this E3 showcase we got, here, here's, forget about even 2022. Here's 2021. 2021, that's not a year. We're pretty far away from that. I'm live. This is what happens. Sea of Thieves Pirate's Life, June 22nd. The Ascent, July 29th. Console version of Flight Sim, like we just talked about. Uh, that's July 29th as well. 12 minutes, which I'm very amped for is August 19th. Psychonauts 2, a week later, August 25th. Sable, September 23rd. Forza Horizon 5, November 9th. And Halo Infinite, somewhere in that window. So the drought's over. It's done. And then into 2022, it's going to keep right on rolling. So uh, speaking of rolling, this show will continue to roll on as well. But we do need to take a quick break. Don't worry. There is still plenty more to talk about. IGN Summer of Gaming 2021. We'll be right back after this. And we're back to Unlocked. If you're just joining us, we're going over everything Microsoft showed during the Xbox Game Showcase last Sunday and the extended showcase hosted by the gentleman you see on your screen right here, Paris Lilly, as well. And hey, uh, if you don't have any plans next, say, Wednesday, why not swing by again for a very special IGN Summer of Gaming episode of GameScoop? One week should be enough for everybody to catch up on their sleep, catch up on any announcements that they might have missed, you know, because it's been an exciting week. That's what happens now. Uh, Destin, you're a self-proclaimed zoo tycoon maniac. Were you upset? This is the key question of the entire show. By the lack of simulated elephants and zebras and whatnot. No, there were plenty of them in Flight Simulator. <laughs> yeah, they're just down there. They're all hanging out. All right, back no, uh, to uh, Brian Altano. That was for you because I'm guessing that's who that's who wrote that. Uh, that's 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 I'm having my Ron Burgundy teleprompter moment right now. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. Uh, going back to the showcase. They opened with Starfield, which I think said a lot. They also closed. They opened with Bethesda, closed with Bethesda. Uh, Paris, it, you, had to, you had to get things off to a big start. Was it going to be Halo? Was Starfield going to be the last thing? They opened with Starfield and Todd Howard, and we finally got a snippet of gameplay and a little bit more detail here. 
what do you think? Are you are you uh, sort of excited by what you saw from Starfield? I am. I am for the potential of of what it can be, and the fact that they're confident enough to say November. 2022 it's going to come out there's still plenty of time obviously to get go deep dive more into what starfield is but the fact that they're looking at it as this is a new their first new ip in 25 years or something like that he said but in other words it invigorated that team to want to do something new do something exciting so it seems like it's a passion project for that team and and obviously we're going to be the ones that benefit for whatever it is i have a, a theory that them being so confident in that date means the game is probably more ready than we realize but they now kind of like 343 got with halo infinite they get extended time to actually polish it and qa it and make sure it's the best thing it can possibly be when it comes out so i'm excited to think about it we'll see it a year from now again at e3 and i'm sure pete hines and todd howard and everyone over there will be be talking about it extensively as we go into 2022 but I, i think that was the right move to open the show with that game, get all the speculation out of the way, and now we can move forward. Now, Destin, uh, Mr. Todd Howard also put together any, or excuse me, put to rest any w- sort of stress about is this exclusive to Xbox? <laughs> we still haven't, we hadn't quite had crystal clear messaging on that. It was made explicitly clear Starfield is an Xbox console exclusive, period. Yep, that's right. It's console exclusive and I can't wait to play it. I think it's a testament to how good this trailer looked that so many people thought it was just CGI even when it was clearly labeled in-game footage. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, it's edited in a way where they're showing off the engine. They're showing off what it can do. There's also tons of teases in there, including, you know, Easter eggs that reference Elder Scrolls Six. But I'm really, really stoked for Starfield. And a few things that they've been talking about behind the scenes. Yes, it's the first new game in, what, 25 years, you said, Mm -hmm. Paris, right? Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're incredibly excited to be working on it. They also showed a little bit of behind the scenes, showing off concept art, uh, how you're going to be able to get different armor sets and things like that in the game. Some of the different locations that you're going to be able to explore, too. And previously, during a developer conference, they actually talked about Uh, how there's going to be procedural generation used in some manner. And what they're doing actually is really, really smart. They specifically told us, you know, during my interview with Pete Hines, that they want to show us, not tell us about it. So they're going to show first and then talk about what they've shown. So right now they're showing off this trailer that's in engine and giving us a tease about what the game is going to look like later on. They're going to show us gameplay and then they're going to talk about that. And I can appreciate that. They're giving us just enough of a tease that we're constantly talking about it, getting excited about the potential, but not doing that thing we often do where our expectations are up here (laughs) and then they only have it down to go, right? Right. So I'm really, really happy about this. The engine is looking phenomenal. Um, One of the other things they said about the engine is that all the little knobs do something and they know what they do. I don't know if that's a good thing because if every time I have to take off, I have to like do a flight check. It's flight simulator. Yeah, like is it flight simulator in Starfield? That might feel a little bit too much, but I'm sure there's going to be an easier way to do everything. It's SpaceX um, simulator. Yeah, and you're part of a, I can't remember the name of the constellation. Yeah, you're part of Constellation. That's really interesting. I'd love, I want to know more about them. I want to know more about this world. It's super, super interesting. Uh, And last thing, sorry, Ryan, I know I'm going on a tangent. No, please. But uh, the score is 
perfectly scored for this. I love the music. I love the sound up, how you hear the, the flare of the engines as the ship takes off. I, I adored this reveal. And you talked, uh, Destin, about you know the engine looking great, Creation Engine 2. Uh, just worth clarifying as well, in case anybody didn't see it, this is a next-gen exclusive. This is not coming to Xbox One, so they are just leaning all in on the new console, which is great to see. And it seems like 2022 is the year. Not that there won't be cross-gen games, but I mean, Flight Sim's the first one. It's leaving the Xbox One behind, other than the future incoming cloud-based solution for Xbox One owners. But 2022 seems to be the year where the Xbox One's really going to start to get left behind, and uh, Starfield will be will be one of those here at the end of uh, the end of the year on 11 11 22. Todd Howard is obsessed with November 11th. He must yeah. he must play those lotto numbers or something. He must play 11 every single week because uh, Skyrim came out on 11 11 11, and now we have 11 11 22. So hopefully we don't have to wait till 11 11 33 for Sky for Elder Scrolls Six. You might. <laughs> I think we might. <laughs> We've got. Uh, I still want to get to there's God, there's so much more to get to. I'm so behind on my run of show here. But Redfall, uh, we talked about Bethesda bookending this thing, starting it and ending it. Paris, uh, what'd you make of of Redfall, the next one from the Prey and Dishonored team at Arcane? Um, coming directly from that team, I instantly got excited about it and just thinking about the promise of what this game potentially could be. That setting, the co-op aspects, you're hunting vampires, seems like it's it's more open world as well. Yeah, I I mean love it. Obviously what we saw was was more, you know, CGI stuff. So we haven't seen actual gameplay. Right. That'll be the next step. But the, the thing about the pedigree of that studio and the and in my opinion, the underappreciated games they've been putting out the past decade, I hope this is the breakout for them. I hope this is Arcane finally getting on the quote unquote main stage and showing that they are truly one of the best developers in the world. If if you've never played Dishonored, please do it. If you've never played Prey, please go do it because trust me, you'll you'll instantly fall in love with those games. And I I think this game, Redfall, coming from that studio and this premise that they're setting up, I mean, I'm 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 in. I'm all I'm very interested in this. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, you're talking about this is a studio that makes smart games these are systemic um sort of just open world games where you really emergent gameplay i think is the the term that's always been used i mean like in the deus ex kind of vein and yeah yeah always critical darlings and hopefully like you said hopefully this will be the time that they get their their due on a bigger stage destin uh yeah are you are you stoked for redfall would you think of that as we're i mean you we clearly weren't expecting that as a closer because it's a brand new major first party studios ip yeah um redfall i'm interested in it but because it's all cg none of its actual gameplay it's all conceptual sure so we just have to sort of imagine so for me i'm i'm actually still a little lukewarm on it until i start seeing how these players actually play together what is solo play like yeah um, what's it going to be like when you go to this this town and you know either play with your friends and like, what's the story? How does it all work together? I don't feel like that was answered very well with this trailer. So this is just like, here's sort of an idea of what we're going for. Hopefully yeah. you can get excited. And for me, I'm just like, well, I need to see gameplay, you know? Then yeah. I know that's sort of inverse of what we said from Starfield, but Starfield was in engine, right? So right. at least there you get some sort of idea of like what the game engine can do. We saw a gun and things like that. This is all just a CG trailer. And that's my only, only criticism of it. 
I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's it's not unlike what we saw at the Game Awards this past year with Perfect Dark, a cinematic sort of a tone piece, right? To sort of show you what the vibe is. And before that, at the showcase, the Xbox showcase last year with Fable. You know, it's a it's a not, not gameplay, just a tone piece. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what uh, what Redfall sort of really turns out to be. Because yeah, that, that studio's never made a multiplayer game. They've uh, yeah. this will be their first foray into right. multiplayer. Although again, as you did say, Destin, you can absolutely play Redfall as a single player experience. So uh, I want to talk about the game of the show as voted by the entire media, which is Forza Horizon oh, yeah. Five. We'll do that coming up next. So we're going to take a very quick break. I promise there's only one or two more of these. But uh, uh, this very special Unlocked 499 Live Edition will continue when we come back. And uh, who knows, maybe between now and then, maybe Microsoft will announce another showcase that Destin gets to host. Maybe it'll be his turn next. Uh, but <laughs> next Paris case. could do it again. That's fine. <laughs> I should just have, you know what? Forget Destin. Paris, have, you did such a good job, by the Paris way. Have Paris host like, it. You, you it's going to be better that. than if Destin hosts it. Let's be honest. Uh, anyway, oh, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Unlocked right here on IGN Summer of Gaming, a seemingly nonstop celebration of video games. It's it's actually not even officially summer yet. It's only June 17th, so plenty more summer of gaming yet to come. Uh, if you are an Xbox fan specifically, as we are, you've probably been very happy with how the last week and this summer, unofficial summer season has gone so far. So let's keep talking about what Xbox has been crushing because they have been doing just that. The game of the show as voted on by members of the media, Forza Horizon 5. Now, Destin, I want to start with you on this because this is game. We talked about this on Unlocked leading up to E3. I was not expecting this personally because Forza Motorsport, the next-gen reboot, got announced at the showcase last year, and it's, it's still TBD release date, but here we have Forza Horizon 5 coming in, being announced after it, releasing before it. It's cross-gen, so it's obviously... You know, that's sort of how it's doing that while motorsport will be fully next gen whenever it is ready. But uh, how incredible was that Forza Horizon 5 demo? It looks absolutely stunning. There were moments during the demo where myself and I'm sure many others just thought they were showing a photo that they took while during production of Mexico. And then they transition right into gameplay. And it, I think that presentation style has blown people away. They talked a little bit during this conference about what they did. They used a lot of light data. They shot 12K HDR footage of the sky. They had 400 hours of sky data, as they yeah. called it, which they recreated in game. They talked about the volumetric lighting coming through on the skies. And regardless of you know whatever people have been saying online, this game looks totally, totally stunning, even if it runs at 4K 30. Now, I have to ask you guys, does that bother you that it runs at 4K 30, especially given that it will have a 4K 60 performance mode option? Does bother me at all for exactly what you're saying. There is a performance mode. Um, I'll just take a, I'll take a recent game like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart does the same thing basically, right? Mm -hmm. And it was fine. So it'll be the same scenario here. Yeah, the game just looks incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too worried about frames and ray tracings and all that. I know what my eyeballs see, and, and it <laughs> looks fantastic. So I'm all in. Yeah, I, as sort of a personal side note on this, I know I'm going to come off like a Forza Horizon like hipster on this, but <laughs> I have just been so glad to see the Horizon series really kind of catapult into 
the mainstream view now and the, the, the wider Xbox community. Cause you know, the first one came out as this spinoff of, of motorsport and okay. It was neat. It was a very good game. And then two really, that was the one in my opinion, where it made the leap. Like we talk about, you know, uh, like Paris, we talk about athletes that make the leap right from a good player to just yeah. a superstar. And I feel like horizon did that with Forza horizon two. And then three, some when three took it to Australia, somehow, up the ante again. I didn't think that they could improve on three because three is practically a 10 out of 10 game. I think it's, you could make the case, but four is better. And now here we go again. And just the, the player counts have gone up and up and up. And, and Paris, am I crazy at this point to say that Horizon might be more popular than Motorsport is? Not that they're, you know, one's, not that they're either one's bad, but like, I feel like Horizon's really just the king now. No, I, I think you're 100% spot on. I think this is the more popular of the two right now. And again, it's not a good or a bad thing. I just think Horizon has the mind share of the community. Kind of like you're saying, like I jumped in at three. That was kind of my moment to jump in. And then four, I felt was really good. And then you see this and you're like, yep, I want to play that. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be fascinating to see. I would assume next year we probably get to see a proper Forza Motorsport. And what are they going to do? to kind of separate themselves from the Horizon franchise. I almost feel like Horizon is that spiritual successor from Project Gotham Racing from yes. early, you know, from the early days. And this is just taking that to a, to another level. So I'm excited for the November when this comes out. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people will, will be jumping on this day one. I'm so glad you mentioned PGR because I couldn't agree more. It really is. It's like it's 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 sort of carrying it's picked up the mantle that, yeah. that PGR left behind and Bizarre Creations, the developer of that game that is sadly since closed and the, the the thing is i think for for anybody listening who i mean if you're listening to this show you've heard us talk at length about how great forza horizon is but it's again in my opinion i think it's uh, the most i think it's the best car game period of at least the last decade it's it can be serious and it can be a pretty serious hardcore racing game uh but it also is just so approachable and it's just so easygoing, Paris. It's yeah. like mm -hmm. you can just you go to these beautiful places, drive anywhere. And it's like it's to me, Forza Horizon is like it's like if you took a 72 degree perfect summer day with a breeze and and pressed it onto an, an Xbox game disc. That's what <laughs> that's what it is. I love it. Completely agree. Uh, I, wanna, right. I wanted to ask Go ahead, you real Destin. quick, though. What did you yes. think about like the weather systems, like the thunderstorms and the sandstorms that came in? Because for me in Force Horizon 4, I hated it when it snowed. <laughs> Every time it snowed, I was like, great, I'm not going to be able to drive my Lamborghini. But I, I think these are, are great examples of how to do that in a better way. Well, what's what's interesting about what you just said is, uh, well, A, the yes, the weather systems are awesome. But B, you just reminded me that... Uh, I went because I went back and watched the Forza Horizon demo again before we went on the air. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to remind everybody, Fable is being built off of the Forza Horizon technology. So if nothing else, you can count on Fable having some absolutely, I mean, the whole game's outdoors, right? I mean, there'll be dungeons and things, I'm sure, but mm -hmm. you can count on insane outdoor areas and incredible weather in the new Fable. And between between Forza and Flight Simulator, the technology on display from you know Xbox and Microsoft here is is it's absolutely mind blowing. I 
Yes. I can't believe that these are video games we're playing. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh we live in a golden age for sure. Now, Stalker 2 got one of uh, the longest segments of the showcase. It was yeah. over 5 minutes worth of gameplay demo here. And Paris, you had the extended uh the sort of developer narrated deep dive of it on your extended showcase. Uh I'll go to you first here, Paris. Stalker 2 third party timed console exclusive on this one. And this, I think this game this week went to the top of a lot of people's wish lists. And it's, we've got a date for April on this too. Yeah. I'm one of those people that it went to, to the top of my list as well, because I've, I've not really been into the stalker franchise. I'm, I'm starting to get into it more recently. And then obviously the things that we've seen here in the past few days kind of really put that over the top. If I'm not mistaken, that that team is made up of some ex people that worked on Metro because obviously it you know has has some similarities there but yeah. what i'm seeing here in stalker 2 i mean yeah i mean this is right up my alley this this is the kind of shooter in that that, that open post kind of almost post-apocalyptic world I, I love that setting so yeah i'm i'm, I'm all in and want to play this and like you said i think this went on a lot of people's radars because i just think this is a franchise that i know has had a cult following but not this this is kind of its coming out party, so to speak. And I, and I definitely think you'll see a lot of people jump on it. Destin, you are a technical minded guy. You love digging into tech. You help put together IGN's performance review and performance preview pieces. Stalker 2, what, probably one of the best looking games at the showcase this week. Yes. I cannot wait to play this game, Ryan. It is stunning. It is a true yeah. stunner, you know, and we had three of them. We have Flight Simulator, we have Forza, and now we have Stalker 2 on the list and just wow they also talked they also like did a mini rewind theater during this so they talked about how you install mods on the go how they tease the new faction how right here he is picking up jelly which is going to recover your stamina and then um yeah i i was stunned ryan like i remember when we were watching this and i i just couldn't believe it and the yeah. fact that this is going to be running on a console i cannot wait to play stalker 2. Yeah, and and we were you have to go back and watch it in 4K as well because you know when it's yeah. streamed live, we're all yeah. watching it live. It's a 1080p yeah. stream. That's just the nature of how these things work. You go back and watch in 4K, and it's like whoa. So <laughs> it's it's awesome. Uh, now there was another big first party game announcement during the showcase that was it was quick, but it was memorable. It was the Outer Worlds too. So Obsidian uh, continuing to just get it done after being acquired by Xbox. We saw Grounded with uh, with Paris on the extended showcase there. We know about Avowed from the showcase last year. We did not see Avowed this year. But what we did see, Paris, was the Outer Worlds 2 in in one of the best like anti-trailer trailers, yeah. one of the one of the most fun ways you could possibly announce a game without really saying anything about the game. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I, I I love the approach they took to that trailer and and a little inside baseball. When I, I filmed that grounded segment, I got to talk to some of the people at Obsidian while we were waiting. And it's so exciting to see that studio finally get the the proper backing and budget they need to realize all all their ambitions. And this is what we've already seen with the Outer World. So just imagine what the Outer Worlds Two is going to look like. We know they're doing about eighteen people are making grounded. Yeah blows my mind oh, wow. right right so it, it's things like that to see that that studio has that kind of talent to do these type of things so yeah when, when we th think about outer worlds too 
we may not have gotten anything and they admit it. Hey, we got nothing right now. But in a few years, when we do get to see what it is, I'm, I'm going to be very excited for it. And it's exclusive now. Uh, you yeah, know, obviously, yeah. previously, it was it was the first one was under development uh, along with uh, under private division, which is take two's sort of indie label. Uh, it was a multi-platform release, though it did go into Game Pass. Now, Microsoft owns Obsidian and Microsoft owns the Outer Worlds. So this will be exclusive to Xbox. All right, guys, for the next block here, I'm not even out of quote-unquote AAA games, but I we before this show ends, I absolutely want to spend time and recognize and discuss the so-called indies. I mean, indie gets a kind of a, a bad label, I think, but, uh, but these... <laughs> There's these games, guys. Just pick up. We're all gonna pick different ones because there are so many. Yeah. There were there were a, several standout indie games that are coming either you know full exclusive or timed exclusive to Xbox. Destin, I want to go to you first. What? Because I, I think I know what Paris is gonna choose. He's been tweeting about it all week. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> noted this one too. But before yeah. I let him talk about that game, Destin, uh, which which of those there were which of these day one Game Pass indies jumped out at you? Well, I hope I'm not taking your Paris, but A Plague Tale, which also got an announcement during this conference, July 6th, we're going to get the 4K Ultra HD update to the original game. So the original is being optimized. You can play through that, and then you can play through the sequel. All of my friends and everybody who has talked about A Plague Tale has said, you have to play it. I, I want to go in spoiler-free and play it, and July 6th seems like the perfect date now. Uh, did I take yours, Paris, or no? No, no, you did not. Mine is replaced, which okay. they showed showed Sunday. And ironically enough, that was probably the one game I did not know about ahead of time. So I was surprised <laughs> just like everyone else on Sunday. And yeah, I, I I love that 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 the atmosphere, the 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 art style that they're doing. This this is why quote unquote indie games is great, because here's here's a, a small team creating something that really stands out from the rest of the crowd, right? Like to me, that was my favorite game to see at the Xbox showcase because we already know about the big heavy hitters, but to see something like this come in that looks unique excites me. Um, I, I will cheat and say another game that I really like is The Ascent. Um, and I believe yes. Ryan, you went hands-on with it I as well. It. But yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a preview really on IGN good. if you want to check it out. Yep. Can't wait for July to, to get my hands on that. And, and this is another one. 12 people made that game. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's insane to think these small teams are, are doing just these ambitious projects like this. So kudos to them. And it goes again to show you why AA and Indies have have such a, a, a place in this industry, because I think that's where a lot of the uh, innovation happens. I'm going to cheat and give two because I'm the host and I make the rules. <laughs> uh, the first one is is Somerville. So when this came on the screen, I was like, this looks a lot like Inside, which is yeah. one of my favorite games, I mean, basically ever, but certainly in the, over the past generation. And the reason that Somerville reminds uh, me and probably a lot of you as well of Inside is because it's from the co-creator of Limbo and Inside, Dino Patti uh, and, and a team. His, he has a new team at a new studio. And this looks, again, just the same type of thing that, that Limbo and Inside are so good at that moody, atmospheric, borderline creepy, mysterious, uh, sort of mysterious, uh, just an adventure. You know, you're going to kind of figure out what's going on in this world. There's a there's a dad, and then but then sometimes you've got the dog, and it looks like there's 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 a whole family dynamic to this. That uh, that Paris, I mean, this 
did this jump out at you as well? Because this this was a no, big highlight did. for me. It did, and that's the funny thing. There's so many, right? There's so many that did, but but this one absolutely stood out to me as well. And then uh, the other one I wanted to mention is 12 minutes, which we finally yeah. got a release date for a game I've played. I've had the privilege of playing twice at E3, whenever the last real E3 was after it was first announced. And then I played it uh, very recently. And both times I'm just comp- I could not be more intrigued. But both times, I think my play session was about 15 minutes, which is just it's almost I mean, I, I, it's again, it's a privilege to play, but it's almost cruel to let only let someone play that game for 15 minutes because it's a time loop murder mystery and you get, you, you know, you have to, you reset and I won't tell you the circumstances under which you get reset. And then you got to use the knowledge that you acquired from your last run to, you know, try and peel back the layers of the mystery here. And uh, this has got Willem Dafoe, Daisy Ridley and James McAvoy. So they've added some absolute A-list vo- voice talent to this. So this looks uh, this looks absolutely incredible, but uh, it's there's just too much. I mean, all and I guess destined to bring us home. The the theme of the show was not just first party, not just Game Pass, but also a lot of third party Game Pass. Like that, I feel like that's the final piece. You know, you know, you're getting all these first party games. All those are going into Game Pass, and yes, Game Pass is great, but. You know, we had MLB The Show, huge Game Pass day and date win. We had Outriders earlier this year. But a lot of these other games that we're talking about, also, these are third-party games that are coming out on other platforms, but they're day one. They're $0 if you have a Game Pass subscription versus $60 or $70 on other platforms. The value is on parallel. Like, if you are buying all those games on a on the competing platform that charges $70 a game, uh, you can buy two you get access to everything on Xbox for that same price, basically. And it, it's it's a stellar value. There's no denying it. And just because I'm allowed to talk right now, I also want to talk about Ayudin, an RPG that I'm really, really excited about. I think that fills a really great niche. And uh, just a quick shout out to Atomic Heart, another game that looks really, really unique that yeah, we are going to get to play point. day one on Game Pass. Yeah. But you're right about the value proposition, Ryan. There, it, there's no denying it. There's just no denying that yeah. Game Pass is a great value. Paris, I cannot thank you enough for for doing this. Uh, just, I mean, it was awesome that we had the host of this thing right on our live post show. Uh, you've just been a friend to IGN and to Unlocked for for uh, for a while now, and and hopefully for the foreseeable future. I, I I am so happy for you. I wish you nothing but your your star is just like shooting off now, and it's it's so great to see you succeed. No, thank you. Like I said at the top, the feeling is mutual. I, I would not have had this opportunity without you playing a part. So again, thank you so much. And just everyone at IGN, you've always been great to me. And yeah, absolutely. I, I hope to come back again. Anytime, anytime, my friend. That is sadly all the time we do have this week. We've got a schedule to keep. So uh, Destin, Paris, thank, thank you both for joining me. And thanks to everybody for watching at home. A quick reminder that if you missed anything, you can catch up on IGN, whether that's on IGN.com proper, where we've got all sorts of roundup in case you missed it articles. On YouTube, just there's a million things to, to scroll through on our YouTube page, social media, or even again, the IGN app on your smart TV. And don't forget the official E3 online portal as well. They've got their app featuring virtual booths, articles, videos, and tons more. And remember, if you enjoyed the show today, and I hope you did, we're doing it live. That's, you know, we do the best we can. Sometimes uh, Destin just disappears at the beginning of the show because he clicks the wrong 
X, you know, he just puts his mouse in the wrong place and bad things happen. But uh, that's the fun of it. Remember that we have weekly episodes of Podcast Unlocked, this show, which is IGN's long running weekly Xbox show. That said, we're off next week. Uh, we are not going to be here next week, but hopefully you enjoyed this. But come back on June 29th for Unlocked 500. I promise it's going to be special. It will not just be your average, everyday, regular Unlocked. So keep a note of that, June 29th for Unlocked 500. And subscribe. Please do hit that bell. Do that whole thing. YouTube.com slash IGN Games or subscribe to Unlocked on your favorite podcast feed. So keep it locked right here on IGN for all of your summer of gaming coverage. We'll see you next time.